0: morning guys going to start with a little prayer Heavenly Father thank you for this wonderful men's ministry and for all the table leaders and support staff that work hard so we have a place to come and worship you thank you for the blessings thank you for blessing us with Michael Moray who puts his heart and soul into the band of brothers Continue to bless and work in the lives of all the men here and the ones who aren't. Thank you for giving me the strength to speak today and for pushing me out of my comfort zone. I'm excited to tell everyone of what you've done for me. You're the hero of my story. You know how lost I was, but you now show me the way. I didn't deserve it, I didn't earn it. But I'm so thankful for your love, me enough, not to leave me where I was. Thank you, Lord, for all your many blessings. Amen. Amen. Sorry. I'm gonna try and lighten it up a little bit. So like Joel Osteen, I was gonna start with a little joke. Seems to work for him. So a man walks into a church one Sunday And he was not dressed very well. So the people in the church were looking at him and making comments. So afterwards, the pastor came up to him and says, sir, you you can't come in here dressed like that. The man said, well, how should I dress to come to your church? And the pastor said, well, go home, ask God how you should dress and come back to church. So the following Sunday, the man goes back to church wearing the same shabby clothes And after the service, the pastor approaches the man again. I thought I told you to ask God how you should dress before coming back to our church. The man said, I did ask him. And he said he didn't know. He said he's never been inside your church. (laughs) So. A few weeks ago, when Michael walked over to our table and asked us, to ask for a volunteer to give his testimony. I kept my mouth shut, hoping someone else would step up. In those few seconds, all these thoughts went through my head. You can't get up and speak in front of everyone. You're not capable of being open and honest. Your story isn't interesting and won't really help anybody. Or the big one, you're not holy enough to stand in front of your Christian brothers all lies from the devil, and thankfully I listened to God's voice and told Michael, I'll do it. Yes, this is out of my comfort zone and being vulnerable in front of 60 men is not an easy thing, but it's the right thing. I must admit, I was getting myself pretty worked up that I even considered reaching out to Michael and backing out. But a few days after committing, To giving my testimony, I was watching Pastor Stephen Furtick on TV from Elevation. He was preaching on Moses and Exodus. And it was like God was just speaking directly to me. So I'm watching this and then I see this and he's like, I had to take a picture of it. I was like, so Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. That's kind of how I felt. And then it says, like, he's literally just talking to me. Now go, I will help you speak and we will teach you what to say. So I was like, geez, I got I to listen to that. So unless I wanted to end up like Jonah, I thought I better listen to God. So here I am, nervous but excited to talk to you about how God has changed me. About how different I am now because God has touched my heart. In the past, I was lost and weighed down by guilt and shame. But because of his love and grace, I have repented and turned away from that old life and turned towards God and what he says is best. So a little background. My parents were raised Catholic and were pretty turned off by Catholicism. Uh, They didn't want to force that religion on us, so I wasn't really raised in a Christian home. And we, you know, basically went to church twice a year. I had no relationship with God growing up and didn't really want one. I was too busy partying and having fun and to think about God. After high school, I went into the Air Force because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And during those four years, God definitely wasn't on my radar. Like most of us, I was young and liked to party with my friends, which put me in lots of potentially dangerous situations. But looking back, God was always there protecting me from harm. Even though I wanted nothing to do with God, he was always faithful and watched over me. In 53 years, I'm 53, I've never broken a bone, had a surgery, had stitches, even twisted an ankle. (laughs) And I must thank God for that. So I get out of the Air Force in January, 1990, worked for about seven months and decided To go to college. Uh, My twin brother at the time was a wide receiver uh, at the University of South Carolina and he still had two years of eligibility. So I thought, you know, I'll go to school, watch my brother play. It'd be great. So I get accepted to South Carolina and off I went to study and be with my brother and watch his last two years of football. That's us. So being a 22-year-old freshman. I was a little more mature. I mean, I never would have made to college out of high school. I would have partied and drank my way out of it. So I did pretty well. Still in no relationship with God, but life was good. Uh, after a couple you know, college relationships, I met my future wife in June, 1993, and we got married in May of 95. So there's young, young me. I settled into married life and even started going to my wife's Lutheran church on Sundays. It was a small country church that was not very challenging. And I basically went to please her and put in my 45 minutes a week um, and keep up my image. But I never really prayed or read the Bible and definitely was not living a clean life. We had a beautiful baby girl on April 25th, 97. And on the surface, we looked like the perfect couple. But I had a dark side that I kept pretty well hidden. Deep down inside, I was really a liar and a cheat with no moral compass. I didn't get caught, but I knew and God knew. Before Jesus, I felt no remorse or guilt for the things I did. I was broken and in desperate need of a savior. I just didn't want to accept it. I was in such denial about my destructive behaviors and my drinking that I was blind to the fact that my behavior was dangerous and not normal. I was able to do practically anything and then come home and act as if nothing had happened. I didn't care about consequences or or who I hurt as long as I was enjoying life. But then in March, 1999 my whole life changed in a phone call uh, my wife who was six months pregnant at the time with our second child found a lump in her breast um, we didn't think it was much you know was being pregnant so we did a biopsy and then about two days later she calls me at work and she's crying and she says I, they say it's cancer so they did You know, mastectomy and we made a decision to wait until the baby was born before we started, you know, chemotherapy. But by that time the cancer, had so we waited about two and a half months, but by that time the cancer had spread and she was stage four. Uh, She fought for about another year and then died June 30th, 2020 at the age of 32. So now I'm 33 years old, this giant kid with no spiritual guidance or God to lean on for strength is left with the responsibility of raising a three-year-old and a one-year-old. That's us. I would like to say I handled her death with grace and dignity, but that's not what happened. I started dating another woman a few short months after my wife's death, and my drinking and partying got worse. I was still a good provider and was there for my daughters, I had a lot of help, my in-laws were close. But instead of dealing with the pain of losing my wife and just the heartbreak of, losing my family and my daughters losing their mother, I just pushed it down and covered up with more drinking and dating. I remarried in 2003 and moved back to New Jersey in 2004. Uh, We were raising three kids, so life was busy and uh, everything was going fairly well. I was enjoying being the soccer soccer coach, softball coach, lacrosse coach for my daughter's teams, and being a dad and husband. I was still drinking on the weekends, but holding it together. Uh, In 2008, my brother invited me to his church that he loved. Uh, His high school quarterback was the pastor, coach's son, and he thought it'd be good for me. It was at this church that I learned about, first really learned about Jesus and his love for me. And during an altar call sometime in 2008, I'm not sure, I I gave my life to Jesus. My family became very involved in the church and we were all grateful that my brother had led us to this church. But even though I became a Christian, I still struggled with my addiction. I can remember hearing a particularly you know powerful sermon from Pastor Kyle that would convict me to quit drinking. I go up to him, that was great, that's it, I'm done. I'm I'm not you can you convinced me to stop drinking and he'd be great, great. Only to pick it up again. And as I look back on my life, I know why my resolve was so short lived. Because I never asked God for help. I tried to rely on my own strength and willpower to quit drinking, but it was futile. I remember reading Exodus and how it talks about the Israelites wandering and walking around the same mountain for 40 years. I to think to myself, that doesn't make any sense. That's stupid. That's, that's not possible. But if I look at myself, I struggled with alcohol and walked around that same mountain for 35 years. Don't we all have issues that we struggle with? Some of us for 40 years, I'm sure. So 2012, um, a lot of stuff happened. It was a pretty rough year for me. I I lost my grandfather in June, who I was pretty close with. I got divorced in September to my second wife. And my twin brother lost his five-year battle with dementia and passed on December 3rd, 2012. The person who led me to Jesus was now in his presence. You can see there he's pretty sick and he fought that for about five years where he just pretty much lost everything. Couldn't talk, couldn't feed himself. So that was fun. So losing my twin was painful but watching him suffer and lose everything over five years was heartbreaking. But again, instead of dealing with it and allowing myself to grieve, I distracted myself with drinking and dating. It seems like the theme of my life up to this point was pain, loss, and abandonment. Even though my first wife and my brother had a disease, wasn't wasn't their fault, I was still left to pick up the pieces. But I must say that even though all these losses, even through all these losses, I never cursed God or was angry with him. I mean, I I may have gone to church, but I didn't really know him or depend on him. So how could I blame him? Something was holding me back from letting God in and trusting him. And deep down in my soul, I knew it was the drinking and I had to quit, but I wasn't ready to give it up. I met my now current wife in November 2013. We were happy and our relationship was, was going well. She thought she had found the perfect guy. I had a good job, went to church, kept myself in shape, still had all my hair. But, but little did she know how broken and hurting I was deep down inside. That Mr. Perfect was not so perfect. Hurting people hurt people, and I had some pretty deep scars. Throughout our relationship, my drinking got worse, and when she tried to bring it to my attention or tell me to stop, my temper would come out. She probably should have left me, but she loved me and saw the good in me and knew deep down I was just hurting and needed to deal with all the loss and pain. We did break up for a while due to my drinking. Don't get the details. And I stopped for a while to win her back, but eventually allowing myself to have one, just one drink with her, just a dinner led, led to back to full-time drinking again. I hid my drink from her and would do most of my drinking during the week. I would be with her on the weekends. Um, She had her own apartment and I would keep it together. But then during the week, I would just kind of fulfill it, fill it in. I was still in denial, and I hadn't figured out yet that I couldn't drink like normal people. This was now 2019, and I had been trying to quit since 2008. Oh, it's a long time. Show slide eight, whatever that is. Oh, so I'm showing you this ad for a Bob Saget comedy show because on March 23rd, Took a picture of this. 2019 was the last day I had a drink. A couple of days before the 23rd, I had what can only be called a spiritual encounter with God. It wasn't quite like Paul on the road to Damascus, but still transformational. I had drank about a half a bottle of grapefruit flavored vodka on a Tuesday night and the next two days, my stomach was burning really bad. I didn't know if it was the grapefruit flavored vodka that irritated my stomach or maybe just the beginnings of an ulcer, but whatever it was, I was in a lot of pain. So that Thursday night I'm laying in bed, I'm tossing and turning from the pain. I can, I can't sleep. And I get out of bed and I just start praying to God. I said, God, please take this pain away. Please help me quit drinking. Remove my craving and desires to get drunk and and take this addiction from me. I didn't really hear, I didn't hear God speak, but a peace did come over me and my pain, it got better and I was able to fall asleep. Pain was pretty much gone in the morning, so I, I didn't really think anything of it. Saturday night arrived and we were looking forward to seeing you know, Bob Saget, so we went. And beer and wine were free, so being a drinker my entire adult life, I ordered a glass of wine. I took a couple sips and I could barely get it down. For the first time in 30 years, I had no desire to drink. I put that glass down and never looked back. God had answered my prayer and removed my craving for alcohol. The fact that I gave up drinking is a true miracle. That was on March 23rd, 2019, which happens to be three years to the day that I'm giving my testimony on how God has changed me. And you know our God is the God of miracles and healing. I haven't had one drop since, and I'm living my best life. Sure, I go to meetings and put in the work, and I still miss drinking occasionally, but God did the heavy lifting. I had tried to quit 20 different times over the years, and the only thing I did different and why it stuck this time is that I asked God for his help and strength. I was ill in body, mind, and spirit, and the ultimate healer showed up. I traded my old master alcohol for the ultimate master, God. My pain for his peace and joy. And this is the fruits of the spirit. Once alcohol was removed, I was now ready to for God to use me. It was holding me back from becoming the true man of God that he designed me to be. Over the last 3 years, God has softened my heart so that I am was able to deal with and heal from the losses in my life. I'm able to trust others again and live a full and rewarding life, free from drama and hangovers. Since getting sober, I'm more mature and my behavior and actions are more appropriate for my age. I have more peace and self-control over my temper and anger. I used to lash out and just cut people down with my words, but I, I don't do that anymore. I can honestly say that God has changed me and he continues to work on my heart every day. I'm a work in progress for sure, but I'm much happier and a better and caring person than I used to be. And all that praise goes to Jesus. So after being sober for over a year and seeing the changes in my heart, In spirit, my then girlfriend was now ready to marry me. I had proved myself worthy and she was now comfortable to start a life with me. Like God, she saw the good in me and loved me enough not to leave me in my lost and sinful life. That was 2020, yeah, we got married April 2020 during COVID. Six of us in the backyard. (laughs) god did this for me he can do it for you too you just have to ask him and allow him into your heart he's the same god who heard his children thousands of years ago and he hears us now thank you for allowing me to share what god has done for me And here i have a music a song from uh, a new song from elevation church it's, it's a that i wanted to share i think it's a great song it's powerful if you all want to hear it
1: i'm calling on the god of jacob whose love endures through generations i know that you will keep your cover Today, we remember
2: you heard your children. yesterday and today and forever I believe this I believe this you free the, the captives and you're free in hearts right now you are the same God you are the same God you touch the leopard i feel your touch right now you are the same
0: That's all I got. <laughs> He's the same God. He did it for me. He can do it for you guys. Thank you. Wow. So so Mark is a true witness, if we didn't already know it, right? That God is still in the miracle business today, right to take and and what he did for Moses, what he did for Jacob, what he did for any of these Bible characters we've been talking about today that are ordinary men that God used to do extraordinary deeds. Look how he's worked in Mark's life and look how he's working in each one of ours today. We just need to call on him and lay our burdens down at his feet.
1: Amen.